Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crestview Baptist Church this morning. I am so glad to see everyone here today. So glad to see everybody's smiling faces on this, uh, this gloomy, cool day we have outside. I have a few announcements as we get us started. Um, the first one I want to remind you of the baked potato and salad luncheon that we're having right after church for a donation. What? You can't hear me? We're having right after church for, um, for our uh, mission offering, so uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> also, due to the uh, looming rain that's coming and going and the sickness that's rolling around, we will not be going to the corn maze after church today. I do apologize I know you might have been looking forward to it, but it's rained last night. It's going to be a muddy mess, and it's supposed to rain on and off. And, you know, all this weather makes the sickness worse, I believe. So we will, we will uh, do something in lieu of that soon in the, in the future. Um, don't forget, um, as we move into this week, uh, Tuesday at 5 o'clock, the Baptist men are going to have a work day, want to wrap up at Joy's house, the things they're working on. So if you can be there at 5 o'clock... Uh, Tuesday, yes. Make an effort to do that if you can. Um, Wednesday, we will be having our um, Bible studies and our for here, for our adults, down in the building for our youth and children. Um, we've had a lot of flu and things circling around, so uh, we've been down. I'm hoping that everybody can be well and hopefully make it back to church Wednesday. I'm excited about that. Um, as we move into the weekend... Uh, don't forget our breakfast is coming up this coming Saturday, um, our monthly breakfast. Oh, did we have it last month? We didn't have it. Huh? The hurricane. Oh, the weather was, bad, was, was predicted to be very bad, so we did not have the breakfast last month, but we will be having it this month. So uh, keep that on your calendar. And uh, time changes Sunday. So don't forget to fall back. Because you'll be, yeah, you'll be early. So if you if you have trouble getting up and getting to church on time, preacher already said, do not change your clocks. That way we'll get you here. But when you get here and nobody's here yet, just wait around a little bit. Huh? Oh, they'll be here for Sunday school. Yeah. All right. So. Um, All right, that's uh, Thursday for the seniors going up to the mountains. But if you're going to go, you need to sign up today. Um, there's a lot of other things coming up as we approach our busy time of the year, as we are working and serving our community and raising money for Lottie Moon and different things. So, uh, you know, just keep those things on your mind. But at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Artie, and I just invite you to focus on God this morning. And let's spend some time with him. As you've noticed with our announcements, as of last night when we did our trunk or treat, which we had over 
Um, 200 children come through with their families um, last night. So it was a great turnout. Thank you for those that did that. But starting with last night, all the way through Christmas, we pretty much go nonstop the whole time. And um, what I need to let you guys know is, is to remind you that this coming Saturday, the 5th, at 4 o'clock is the memorial service, the celebration of life for Marty, Marty Osborne at 4 o'clock. So please uh, try to be here as we celebrate Marty's life. Ruth said that all her family are going to start coming in. I think the first ones are coming in on Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, they'll be coming in. So uh, please be here for that as we celebrate Marty's life. Also pay, pay attention to the announcements as uh, there's going to be, no matter what we announce here, What's in the bulletin? What gets sent out by email? There's always going to be somebody. Well, I didn't know about that. But you need to pay attention to those things so that you can know about them because we have a lot of things. We've got Christmas cantata, Christmas play coming up, Christmas party, the, uh, the, Thanksgiving, the, the community Thanksgiving service coming up on the 20th. We have a lot of things going on um, this month, we'll be having the hanging of the green. We'll need volunteers to help put out the luminaries to, to, to start decorating for Christmas. So please uh, pay attention and be patient with us because this is uh, one of the busiest times of year for church staff. So if we forget about things, please uh, graciously remind us. Um, and if we don't speak to you, please forgive us. It's not that we're trying to be rude, it's just we're tr our brains are fried. Right? <laughs> and we don't have much to work with as it is anyway. So, uh, do, do what? <laughs> and some of us are getting closer to being senile. I'm guilty of that. So uh, please uh, just uh, pay attention to what's going on. And as we move in today to, to our, our worship service today, as Chad always says, let us call our hearts back to God and focus on him. That's why we're here today. We're here to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all these other things that we've got going on, they're good things, but that is not our main purpose. Our main purpose here is to worship our Savior. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, please focus on Him and, and just listen for Him to speak to you today. So let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you for the 200 plus children plus their families that came through last night in our trunk or treat. I thank you for those that are are going and asking people to come and that are willing to go pick people up and bring them to church with them. I thank you for that. I thank you for what we're seeing answered among your people. Dear Lord, I thank you for the fact that we are having a celebration of life service and we can literally celebrate Marty's life because we know where he is today. We know that he is in the presence of his Savior. 
and that he's not dealing with cancer anymore and he's not dealing with the pain anymore. We praise you for that, dear Lord, and we're so thankful that we're able to do that. Dear Lord, as we begin this season, as we come into the season of thanksgiving, dear Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. I ask that you help us remember that everything that we have is because of you. Dear Lord, as we worship today, we ask that your spirit move among your people, that you open our ears and our hearts, and that we will be able to apply what we learn from you today to our lives. Dear Lord, speak through the songs that we sing, through the choir as they lead us today. Dear Lord, I ask that you speak through me, and I thank you for the message that you've given to me. And above all, dear Lord, I ask that your name be glorified today. And that if there's someone here that does not know you as their Savior, that they would come to know you in a personal way today. We ask all of this and give you all the honor and glory for it in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us continue to worship as we stand and sing hymn 215, Majesty. Following that song, we will continue to worship through our giving of our tithes and offering. So would you stand as we sing? <coughs> majesty, worship His majesty. Oh 
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity of us giving back to you what you have blessed us so much with. I pray that you will bless this offering, use it to, for the upbuilding of your kingdom. For it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing page four, To God Be the Glory. We'll sing the first and the last verses. Page four. Thanksgiving season, we're going to have each week someone come and share a testimony of Thanksgiving. And today, Tara Washburn is going to come and share with us what she is thankful for. church family. You might look at me and wonder what I have to be thankful for. I am deaf and visually impaired. I will tell you in no specific order. When I was born, my mom was told that I would be blind. I've had detached retinas 
in both eyes. I am thankful I can see. I have never heard a sound. Not even in the womb. I am thankful I can hear with my eyes and talk with my hands. I am thankful for all my many interpreters that have been with me in my life. I am thankful to have Christian parents who always brought me to church. I am thankful for all the Christian people that God put in my life at just the right time. I am thankful for the Bible, God's holy word. that taught me that God knew me, loved me before I was born, and that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter that I am missing five discs in my back and have many things wrong. God had a plan for me before I was born. I am thankful for a loving God that loves me, even if I'm not perfect. I am thankful for God's son, Jesus, that died on the cross with, for me and is always with me. And I am thankful for all my church family who accepts me just as I am. Thank you.
because of the, uh, all the sickness going on among the children, I think everybody has decided, the ones that are here, that they're going to stay in here today. So there's not going to be a children's church. But I want to say thank you, Tara, for your testimony. It was beautiful. She didn't say it today, but one of the things that I love most that Tara tells me, and it gets me choked up every time I think about it, the fact that she said that even though she's not heard anything her whole life, she did share that she didn't even, hadn't heard a sound even in her womb, in the womb, that the first sound she's going to hear is Jesus' voice. What an incredible testimony that is. What an incredible way to look at life. And thank you, choir, for that song. Because even in the valleys, God is good. And today we're going to test, continue. Last week I talked about that God is the God of mountaintops and valleys. Well, today I want to share how to have victory while you're in the valley. A lot of times when we're going through valleys of life, we just feel like giving up. We, just like Elijah did that we talked about last week, how he just went and hid underneath that, that tree and he just prayed that God would take his life, that he would go ahead and kill him. And honestly, people, that's what we feel like sometimes. When, when we're going through these difficult times in our lives, we feel like giving up. And sometimes we think that we and everybody around us would be better off dead. But that's not true. That is a lie. And so today, I want to show you in Scripture how we can have victory while we're going through these valleys or we're, when we're in the midst of that valley. So if you would turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to start off by looking at this example in Scripture of, of, of a valley situation where the children of Israel, the entire nation, is, is stuck in a valley. And they're faced with one of the biggest problems they've ever had to deal with, literally. So if you turned there, we're going to look at the first four verses to start things off. And if you would stand as I read this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. And this is what we see written here. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Shoka, or Soka, which belongs to Judah, and they encamped between Soka and Eska, and in Ephesidim, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array to encounter the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on one on the mountain on one side, with Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. This man was over nine and a half feet tall. Six cubits and a span. 
Let's pray. Lord, thank You for what we see here. And thank You for what You show us through the, the, the story of David and Goliath. Dear Lord, we thank You for the fact that even in the valleys, You are good. And we thank You for what we see and what we can learn on how we can have victory in the valley just like David. Speak through me this morning and bless the reading of Your Word. In the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So everybody knows this story of David and Goliath. Everybody knows it. It's one of the children's favorite stories because you have a little bitty boy who was actually a, a, a teenager at this time. He's already, you know, but he's not able to go join the army. He's still out in the field watching his daddy's sheep for him. But a young boy going against a giant. In fact, there's been a movie made based on this, Facing the Giants. We all face giants in our lives. We all face problems in our lives. But David gives us an incredible example on how to have victory in the valley. In order to have victory in the valleys, we must first remember who God is. We have to remember who God is. Sometimes when we're in the midst of the valley, we forget who God is. We think that He has left us. We think that He's forgotten us. And we can't remember who He is. Look at verse 26 here in 1 Samuel 17. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? You see, as when David came up, David, all he was doing is running an errand for his daddy to take his brothers who were in the army some food. That's all David was doing. And when David came up there, all the armies of Israel were hiding. They were scared. And especially when, when Goliath came out and started making fun of them and taunting them and, and, and making fun of God. And David was sitting there and he's like, uh, why isn't anybody doing anything? And he's like, they're like, dude, are you kidding me? Look at the size of that man. He would squash us like bugs. That's what they were saying. They were scared. And David reminds them that they are the armies of the living God. Notice what it says there. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies? Does it say a living God? Is that what it says? Armies of a living God? No. 
It says the. The one and only. The Alpha and Omega. Yahweh. The Great I Am. Jehovah Jireh. God the Provider. Jehovah. The Living God. Church, sometimes we forget that we are children of the God that spoke the world into existence. That said, let there be light and hung the sun in the sky at just the perfect distance from earth that the earth can support life. Any further away, just by a fraction, just a little bit further away from the sun or from the earth, and we would freeze. Just a little bit closer, we would burn up. But He put it in just the perfect spot so that we can have life. He then hung the moon in the sky that it would reflect the light from the sun during the night. He then placed the, 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 the oceans and the land. And then He made us and everything else. He spoke us into existence. He is the God that could, could, regardless of how you look at it, I've said this many times, as the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, that Pharaoh's armies were after them. And the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. And as soon as the last one got out of the ground and the armies of Pharaoh were heading after them, that he caused the water to come back in and drowned all of Pharaoh's army. And I've told you that many people say, no, it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea because the Reed Sea is only about 18 inches deep. And I'm going to tell you that regardless... God is the God of miracles. He either put the children of Israel through on dry ground in the Red Sea, or He drowned all of Pharaoh's armies and sunk every single one of His chariots, every single horse, everything, and had them disappear from the face of the earth under 18 inches of water. So which one? But that's the God we serve. And David reminds us of that in this verse. We are part of the armies of the living God. So we have to first remember who God is. And then in order to have victory in the valley, we must remember what God said. God made David a promise in chapter 16. And David remembers what his promise was. See, look at, at, this is when God had withdrawn His favor from Saul, King Saul. And God tells Samuel to go to Jesse's home, the home of Jesse in Bethlehem. That one of his sons would be the next king. And Samuel's job was to go to find this, the next king and anoint him as king. So... Jesse comes in and they bring all the son, Jesse brings all his, his sons in and they all parade before 
Samuel, and Samuel sees the first one. He's a big, strong, and he looked kingly. And he said, surely this is the one. God says, uh-uh, that's not him. The next one would come through. Nope, that's not him either. Goes through all the sons that are there at the house. And, and Samuel's scratching his head and he says, um, do you have any other sons? And Jesse says, yeah, I have my youngest son. He's out in the fields tending sheep. And Samuel said, go get him. And then in 1 Samuel 16, verses 12 through 13, we read this. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was, a rut, was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. God said, David was the king. David was the king. And I cannot help but believe that as David is in, this, in the valley and he's watching what's going on, that he remembers God's promise. God promised that he would be king of Israel. Was he king at this point? No. But God made a promise. The same type of promise that he made Paul while he was being locked up in Jerusalem and the Apostle Paul, got, Jesus appeared to him and said, you've been my, my witness here in Jerusalem. Now you're going to go be my witness in Rome. And even though he was in prison and he fa faced execution, he faced a shipwreck, he fed, and I'm talking about when he was in prison, he was left in prison in, in Caesarea for over two years before they even sent him to Rome. And the entire time, the Jewish religious leaders, the high priest and all the Sanhedrin were trying to conspire on ways to have him killed the entire time he was there. But God, Jesus had promised, God had promised that He was going to Rome. And Paul constantly remembered what Jesus said. You will be my, my witness in Rome. When he got on shore from the shipwreck, he was building a fire and he got bit by a serpent. And the people around him expected him to blow up, swell up, or just drop over dead. Nothing happened to him. Why? Because Paul remembered what God said. You will be my witness in Rome. David here remembers what God said. You will be the next king of Israel. He remembered in the middle of this valley facing this nine and a half foot tall giant that literally could have just went pip and killed David. David remembered that God said that he would be king. And he, all he knew was that he wasn't king yet. He was just a little shepherd boy. But God said he was king. Sometimes in the valley, we have to remember what God has promised because after we get out of the valley, His promises will become real. But David remembered. 
and to have victory in the, in the valley, we have to remember what God has said as well. And then in order to have victory in the valley, we have to remember what God has done. What God has done. See, in 1 Samuel 17, verses 34-37, through 37, as David had said all this stuff about how they had cowered down and why wasn't anybody standing up and fighting Goliath, they took him... To, and he even said, I'll fight him. They took him to Saul. Basically said, you hear what this little cocky boy is saying? And they took him to Saul, thinking Saul was going to, to touch him up. And, and David tells Saul the same stuff. And David, Saul even says, you can't win. And this is David's response. Now listen to how he responds to the current king. The future king responds to the current king like this. In verse 34, But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he arose up against me, I seized him by the beard and struck him down and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. David remembered what God had done in his life. He remembered the fact that He gave him the strength to overpower the lion and the bear and to rescue that, those lambs. He remembered what God had promised. He remembered what God had done. We must remember what God has done in our lives. We must remember that Jesus Christ came to earth, that He lived here just like we do. He suffered the very things that we suffer. And He willingly gave Himself to die in our stead. He offered Himself a sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for us. But He didn't stay dead. And on the third day, He rose again to give us victory over death, to give us victory over sin, to give us eternal life. We have to remember what He has done. He has promised us that He will never leave us nor forsake us if we put our trust and hope in Jesus Christ that He will change us from the inside out, that He will make us into a new creature. And He says that He is constantly working on our salvation. The words that are used in these verses, the Greek words, mean that it's a continual action. It's not something that's done at this point and it lasts forever. It, it starts here and it's like a, a revolving thing. It just continues to build like a snowball. And it just continues to move. That's what the Christian life is. It may start at the time of salvation. 
But it is not finished until we are just like Marty and, and standing before face to face with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It continues to grow. And we have to remember those promises that He made. That we will never leave us nor forsake us. Last week, I read the verse out of Romans where Paul basically sums up what God had been telling Elijah. And it says that if God is for us, who can stand against us? We have to remember that. That if God is for us, who can stand against us? We see the same principle in what David tells Saul right here. But in order to have victory, we must remember what He has done. He's done it once. He's done it twice. He's done it three times. And He will continue to do it from here until He returns. In order to have victory in the valley, we have to have confidence in what God has promised. We have to have that confidence in what He has promised. 1 Samuel 17, verses 46-51 through This day... Now this is David talking to Goliath. Because Goliath is making fun of him. He, he comes out there and faces Goliath and, and, and he's got nothing. He's got his little shepherd bag. And his staff. And that's all he's got. And Goliath is like, who am I that you're going to send a dog to fight me? I mean, he's just making fun of, of David. He's making fun of God. Making fun of Israel. And this is what David says to him. In verse 46, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I will strike you down and will remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistine this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does deliver or does not deliver my sword or my spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Then it happened that when the Philistine rose up and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward him, toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead and the, sun, or the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. So David tells him, The Lord is going to give you to me today. And He's going to do it in a way that people will not say that it was done by spear or by sword. But it's done by His hand. 
David's confidence was not in his abilities. David's confidence was not in his strength. David's confidence is in what God had promised. His confidence in who it was and who God was. His confidence is was in what God said. His confidence is was in what God had done. And his confidence was well placed. Because as, as Goliath began to, to go toward David to the battle line, David, and, and you know, I can imagine this. This is a, here's this big guy, and he's coming, he's like, you could hear him stepping, coming toward David. And here's David. He, run, he starts running toward the battle line. Any rational person, when that giant was coming towards you, any rational person would run the opposite direction. But faith does not allow us to run away. Faith makes us run toward and that's what David did. David took off running toward the battle line. And as he reached the battle line, he reached down in that little bag. He pulled out his sling and his stone. And he started, whoo, whoo, whoo. And as, Dave, and as Goliath drew near, and I can imagine, by this time, Goliath has got his spear. He's got it back ready to throw. He's got that sword on his hip. And he's ready to go. And he's getting ready to throw that sword. And David goes, whoo, whoo, whoo. And let that stone fly. And here Goliath, he's running and he just stops dead in his track because that thing hit him right there between the eyes, right in his forehead. And he just goes, boom. Falls face down in the dirt. And David runs to him. He reaches down. And I can imagine this young boy taking this sword out of its sheath. And he's doing all he can do to hold it up. And he raises that sword up as high as he can get it. And he lets it fall down and cuts off Goliath's head. And then he reaches down and grabs that head and holds it up to show the Philistine army what God had done. But he had, was not just holding it up for the Philistine army for them to see what God had done, but he was showing the armies of the living God what God had done. And if you continue to read the story, here it says that they were scared and they fled. But the armies of the living God were emboldened by what God had done because this one young boy knew how to have victory in the valley. How to face the fears that were shaking the entire country to their knees. And he stood strong in the power of God and he held that head up, the head of everything that represented the enemies of God. He held that head up and the armies of the living God that were standing behind them, hiding. All of a sudden, realized and remembered what God had could do, what He had done, who He was and what He said, and they took off after the armies of the Philistines and they killed every single one of them. 
just like David said God would do. Church, our entire church can be in a valley. Because our church is not brick and mortar. It's not wood and plaster. It's not sheetrock. Our church are the people sitting in these pews. They're the ones watching online. It is the people. And our church can go through a valley because people go through valleys. And many times, just like David, a church that's in a valley, all it needs is for one person to remember who God is, what He said, what He's done, and have the confidence in what He's promised to stand up and fight. And that reminds the entire church who God was, what He did, what He said, what He's promised. And we all become emboldened. And we all become fired up about what God is doing and what He can do, and we rush those battle lines. And we rush after the enemy. And we allow God to have the victory. And I've already said this. But Paul sums up this confidence that David had in one single verse. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Church, we can have victory. And in order to have victory, we must remember who God is. We must remember what God has said. We must remember what God has done. And we must have the confidence that He will keep every single one of His promises. That is the only way that we're going to have victory in the valley. But we can have victories in the valley. These are things that God has shown me as I've been going through the valley, struggling with different things. These are the things that God has, let, has taught me and shown me. And I know I'm not the only one that's been going through valleys. But like I said last week, the great thing about the valleys is that's where God shows up. And that's where He works with us one-on-one. -on -one, and He leads us and teaches us and prepares us for that next mountaintop experience. Because if you're in a valley, there's going to be another mountaintop. By definition, there has to be another, another mountaintop after a valley. So church, this is how we do it. This is how you can have victory. Is by remembering who God is, what He said, what He's done, and have confidence in what He's promised. Because He will see you through that valley. Now we've come to the time in our service
Well, it's your turn to respond to what God has called you to do. Whatever it is. Listen to what God's saying. If it's to come and pray, come and pray. If it's to go talk to somebody else, go talk to them. If you're looking for a church home and you want to become part of this this family of believers, please come forward and, and talk to me about it. We would love to have you come become part of our family. If it is the fact that you have never come to a place where you personally know Jesus Christ is your Savior. There are several people in our congregation that would love to be able to tell you how to do that. But come tell me. And we will get that nailed down today. But don't leave this place without doing one-on-one business with God. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, hymn number 310, Out of My Bondage, Sorrow and Night, 310. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us online. Um, Don't forget that immediately following our services today, we are having a baked potato and salad bar fundraiser. It's donations only. um, And all the proceeds will go toward North Carolina missions. Correct, Larry? Is that what? It's being sponsored by WMU and the Baptist Men. So uh, don't forget to, to stay for that. It is donations only just to help raise money for that mission offering. Don't forget that Wednesday night, if everybody is well, play practice at 5.30 in the choir room. And there will be a a small supper afterwards for the children and those participating in play practice. And uh, Wednesday nights, Bible study, 6.30. We're going to begin. We finished up Acts here in the sanctuary. We're going to pick up. We're going to start with uh, start going through some of the epistles written by Paul um, while he was in prison in Rome as well as before. But during his ministry, we're going to start with the book of Galatians and we're going to go through the book of Galatians, his letter to the church in Galatia. Um, that'll be Wednesday night as well as the youth and children's Bible studies in the youth room. Now, I'm excited. Let me, let me share something with you real quick. This past Monday, we had someone start in our office as our 
secretary slash administrator slash clerk slash organizer slash someone just to let me have somebody else in the, in the building to talk to, which has been wonderful. And that is Nancy. Uh, Dakota, and Nancy is with us today. And she's back here in the back. She, uh, and we are glad that she is here. We are working out a time for staff meetings, but basically Nancy will be in the office from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. Um, Mondays, I think, is where we're going to have to move our staff meetings to, so that her hours on Monday will be a little different because she's going to help us keep the church calendar organized um, with the staff. So she's going to be attending those staff meetings. So as soon as we find out exactly when those staff meetings will be, we'll let everybody know. But from 10 to 2, she's usually here in the office. And so we thank her for doing that and make sure that you guys go by and talk to her and, and welcome her. If you've not stopped by the office to meet her, make sure you meet her here and welcome her. And she's got her mother with her today, and we're glad that she can be here. And then we also have uh, Frank Buff back with us today. And uh, we have a couple other guests. So as is our co custom, whenever we eat, teenagers, youth, children, Chad, please just let the, adult, the senior adults go to the fellowship hall first and, and, and get in line to eat. But, um, and, and, and don't trample them over, but allow them to get, get in there and get their stuff. Um, also, anybody that has any issues with mobility, we'll let them go first as well. And guests, if you're a guest with us today, you, we invite you to come join us and be first in line as well. So uh, at this time, if Terry Pendleton, our deacon of the week, will come, not only dismiss us in prayer, but also bless the food that we're about to eat. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the message that we received today. Lord, let us take it in heart and go out and be a witness, be like David and all, trusting God. Let him show us the promises he give us and lean on him, Lord. And Lord, also bless the food that we're about to receive. In your name, Jesus, amen. amen.